2: This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with
1: the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network.
2: Hello and happy Monday and welcome back, Zach. We missed you. It's a new month. you. Hey. New- Zach. Zach was gone for a month and here you are. How was it? Did you miss us?
0: I miss you so much. But now that I'm back, Thanks. we can cue the Arnold Schwarzenegger the video. Control. Did you get control? Did you get did you prep that one? No? Cue the Aerosmith song. Know. You didn't get that one?
2: We Dang have it. Balloons. control. I mean, Zach, come on. I'll have to come sing on. it by myself. I know, myself, I know it's been a month. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But the balloons. Thank you for the balloons. The balloons are up.
0: lovely. <laughs> control. Thank you for the balloons. <laughs> Viewers, amazing. Where, Joe, where's the where's the you.
2: welcome
1: back TikTok dance though? So.
0: Is that a thing? You know I'm not know. I just a TikTok influencer. You know, I don't I did know a about t- that chance
1: <laughs> over the weekend. It was funny and whoa, anything really can
2: happen.
0: All right. Tomorrow we're going to do something. Let's do it
2: on this show. All right. Well, welcome back to our audience. Thank you for watching us. I'm Jensen Sinassi. Zach Seward is in the middle and we got Wendy. O. all the way on the other side. It's Zach's first day back. So you got the first story. What do you got?
0: Thanks, Jen. I got Web 2.5 corporate NFTs and American Express Ventures investing in the one of NFT platform. I think this is interesting because it lays bare how these big brands are thinking about NFTs, fan engagement vehicles, right? So we're seeing this big company make an embrace saying, hey, we're going to put our bet on one of as the platform that can reach a mass audience and do it in a way that works for us. I think it's interesting, the detail, the quote included in this piece sort of lays bare how big companies are thinking about what NFTs could be in the future and maybe something that could be a bit detached from the broader crypto markets and something that delivers value to people the world over. So this one's interesting to me. I think we're seeing a lot of interesting experimentation around this concept. Obviously one of us has done some pretty splashy collections of late, you're seeing the Biggie Smalls one that went live not long ago, but it's interesting to see some of these big old TradFi Titans place their NFT bets. I'm gonna toss this straight to Jen though, cause I know you probably have some thoughts on this whole thing. Jen, what do you got?
2: I have thoughts. One of has really done well at becoming the platform for entertainment, right? With, with a really big focus on music, and sport. And I think that this is really interesting. We've seen Visa and Mastercards play when it comes to NFTs. And now American Express and One Of are going very targeted. This is a different audience for One Of. So it's an experiential activation. It's happening at a hotel in Turkey. I forget the hotel's name, but it's a high end hotel. It's a color therapy experience. And if you're an American Express holder, you can enter the experience, get an NFT and thus venture into the world of NFTs. I think it's a really interesting way to get the business professional thinking about how this might work for their business or how they might be able to activate this in whatever field they do. So I think it's interesting. I think it's different than what Visa and MasterCard has done. And I like it a little bit more. I hate to pick favorites, but I think it's cool, especially given the market. Wendy, what do you think? So this is
1: a great story to kind of segue off. I was at NFT Expoverse over the weekend and it was a very different vibe than any other crypto conference I've been to. There was actually a lot of industry people there because of course it's in LA, but there was actually, there was like very little crypto people there. But I'm also speaking to a lot of different traditional marketing agencies that handle like a lot of influencer marketing, celebrities, et cetera. And all they are talking about, all that they're asking, they're either asking for consulting, guidance, all of that type of stuff regarding how to get large brands into the nft metaverse so in the next i want to say in the next like six to 12 months you're going to see a lot of this like these stories are going to be piling and piling piling like the type of people that are coming into the industry now or into the nft industry from traditional brands is going to be amazing so this story is great and i just wanted to kind of comment on how diverse the community was at the nft expoverse because it wasn't crypto people. like You're seeing real people from all over the place. And there's also a lot of kids there, which I was shocked about to see. It was a cool thing, cool event. But again, you guys, the next run that we have is going to be all NFTs, Metaverse, and Play to Earn. So please start paying attention. to You this don't got
2: to convince me. I know it. <laughs> see, you know, Jen knows what's up. She's
1: my paid group leader. Jen knows. Jen knows. I, you know,
0: long time viewers of the show know I hate it when Words get lumped together to describe things in crypto, but I think this is a good lumping of words. The NFT and metaverse impulse that's driving these big ticket investments is the same. It's about reaching the next generation of online consumers for these big old brands. When you're absolutely right, this is a more diverse sampling of the real world than the crypto audience has traditionally seen, right? The NFT crowd is attached to culture, right? Culture sticks around in good times and bad. Culture delivers sort of meaningful experiences to people. That is detached from the realities of price go down. So I think that NFTs attracting that crowd. That's a huge feature of this aspect of the crypto economy because that does have that sort of built-in stickiness that isn't just about price go up, price go down. But back to you, Wendy.
1: Another thing that I want to comment from this story: I understood that if you're American Express holder, you go to this event, you get a free NFT. So we're, when we start to see these big brands give NFTs for free. I think it's also going to help remove the stigma that NFTs are pump and dumps and they're scams, et cetera, because you're not, you're attending an event, you're getting an NFT or you're doing something and you're getting one for free. So it's almost like, you remember when you were a little kid and you used to open the cereal box because there was like a little like toy in there or whatever, that's kind of what they're doing marketing wise. So this is a great way to bring a lot of different people from all different backgrounds on boards. Because let's face it, if the value of their NFT goes down that they got for free, who cares? But it could be worth a lot of money in the near future, like a collector's item, like we see with all these toy- these nostalgic toys.
2: Wendy, I have a quick question for you before I take over the next story. I did a bunch of market research for a few brands and agencies at the end of last year. And the overwhelming theme was, we don't know how this is going to work for our business. It feels a little bit scammy and we don't know how to enter. Have you noticed that change or did you notice that change at the conference you were at recently?
1: Well, I'm noticing it with the brand. Well, not the brands, but the companies I'm talking to, too. I'm talking to a lot of different marketing agencies. We get requests all the time and they want—they basically want consulting. How can we do this? How can we execute with this brand? Does this make sense? And so my team is doing a lot of helping on that aspect. And then there's some other people that I'm working with behind the scenes to be like, this is what we need to do. This works better. Don't do that.
0: All right. Real quick before I toss the Jen, for the next story. I like the cereal toy also. Happy Meal toys. Remember those? (laughs) Those were never worth anything, right? I have a bunch on my shelf. I know. This is where I think a lot of NFTs are going to go to, right? There's going to be some that will retain value and could become like tradable assets. But these corporate NFTs, they're like the Happy Meals toys. Like you've never sold a Happy Meal toy in your life, right? But it brought you that joy in that moment. And it may be on your shelf now, 20 years later. And I think Mm -hmm. that is something that is of value to some of these big brands. But even if it doesn't have tradable value.
2: Yeah. One last thought before we move on, swear we're going to move on after this. I think it will be interesting to see what one of does for the group that get these free NFTs afterwards, how they're able to keep them engaged through the NFT. I think that will be the real push and the real education for all of these new people they're onboarding through the activation. So can't wait to see what happens, but more NFT news now. So remember when we spoke about Tiffany's? There was a tweet, I think, in April by Vice President at Tiffany's. He showed his CryptoPunk all bedazzled and bejeweled, and everyone was like, "Is this a thing that could become real?" And it is. So <laughs> Tiffany's has unveiled their fifty thousand dollars CryptoPunk necklaces. The collection is exclusively available to owners of CryptoPunks to purchase and is limited to 250 editions. Each necklace has a combination of 30 diamonds and gemstones. So the way this works is if you already have a CryptoPunk, you purchase an NFT that is worth about $50,000, and that's redeemable for this Tiffany's pendant. Zach, Wow, real me, utility you and, and luxury.
0: Have... One, one. I don't have a CryptoPunk. These are sweet. These high-end things that come in the, the Tiffany blue, Tiffany green, whatever that color is, in the box with the diamonds Tiffany and the gold. Tiffany blue. This is amazing. I want one of these. I don't know. There's only 250 of them. (laughs) This is the high end of the NFT market versus what we just talked about with one of, right? Which is sort of more, again, that that low end, that mass adoption thing, right? So that NFTs can encompass both these extremes in two stories here in the hash. I think is really interesting to me. But this is like high end consumer engagement. If you have it in your wallet, you have access to this additional thing that you can buy from Tiffany's. Tiffany's is is probably pretty stoked. And I mean, they look cool. So yeah. Go for it go for it crypto punk holders (laughs) get that tiffany's let's do it
2: i think wendy before we pass it off to you i think this is really interesting because that nft that is attached to your necklace that you can see on on the screen there can be sold and traded and royalties always go back to tiffany's so we're introducing Mm -hmm. a new business model to this traditional luxury brand that i think will be really interesting to see how that plays out. So if they sell out all of these CryptoPunk necklaces, that's twelve. That's a $12 million net for them. And then if people start selling their necklaces because, hey, they don't want these anymore, they want to sell those those NFTs, royalties for Tiffany. So I think that's pretty interesting. Wendy? So I've got a couple things to talk about this. So
1: my aunt, when she worked in traditional finance, like way back when, in the forties and fifties, and she worked for Chemical Bank for about 25 years before they forced her to retire because she got old. Um, but one of the things they gave her, they gave her a Tiffany's watch for 25 years of service. And that watch is still in my family because it's a really, really big deal. A brand like Tiffany's, getting involved with NFTs, getting involved with the punks and then creating these custom pieces, I think is absolutely amazing. Because let's face it, if you have a piece of Tiffany's jewelry, are you really going to sell it for the most part? Are you going to hand it down to your family members? Me personally, I've got a bunch of Tiffany's jewelry when I was like 18, 19 years old, whatever, all that funny little silver stuff. I still have it. I'm going to pass it down to my daughter because it is Tiffany's. And I think because you actually have the Tiffany's name behind this, it might be a cool thing to kind of pass down to your kids. And I do see a lot of specific NFT holders that will get custom jewelry for their NFT that they have, whether it's a punk, whether it's an ape, et cetera. So I think this is a brilliant idea and it's a great brand recognition for Tiffany's. Zach?
0: guys i just did some googling i was like tiffany's parent company and it's louis vuitton lvmh and they are actually pretty smart about web3 they have a venture arm that just brought on a former crypto vc person of prominence uh they've done a couple of experiments in the past around crypto and web3 so credit to whoever has their ear in terms of advising their crypto adventures because i think this one makes a lot of sense is interesting is NFT utility, right? It's kind of weird to think of it as NFT utility, but that's what this is. They know in which wallets these punks reside. They're able to make you know those keys available to them should those wallets want to purchase these additional keys. And I think that's a great additional business model that they're rolling into the fold, right? In the luxury brand space, we've seen all sorts of big luxury watchmakers, jewelry makers start to dabble in crypto. And I think it's really interesting to see that, again, at the forefront of sort of that cultural push is some of these big brands, the Gucci's, the LVMH, the Brightlings doing NFT watch verification, all sorts of stuff that's being toyed with here in the upper echelons of NFT utility. Interesting to me.
2: I like that it's called NFTIF. NF- it's cute playing words. I like it. I know. LVMH, come on, really great with the marketing. They also teamed up, Zach, I don't know if you remember, with Beeple for that uh, game they launched where you could go off and learn about Louis Vuitton history and collect nfts so yeah i think lvmh is is doing it right but enough of all of the fun nft stuff we have some legal stuff to talk about we
1: sure do sure sure do so Binance is in the media again but it's not for a good thing so according to this article over here binance compliance officer kyc cost exchange billions in revenue so basically, there was a story that was ran by, is it Reuters or Reuters? I can never pronounce this properly. Reuters. It's Reuters. It's Reuters. Is Reuters. it's Reuters. It's Reuters. It's Reuters to control tell you. But anyways, they got negative comments from Reuters about approximately there was $780 million in payments sent from this illicit organization to another illicit organization. And Binance compliance team is now led by two all-stars. Tijin Gambrian and Matthew Price, and they both played a role in taking down some really, really bad guys. This article is about Binance team members saying that Binance's KYC mechanism is better or just as good as other leading crypto exchanges. Price is important and the story is important, but really the most important piece to me is the privacy aspect because one of the issues that they're having is even though Binance requires really heavy KYC and they will automatically block you if you're from a region that's not supported, But people can use VPNs to utilize Binance. And they're having a hard time like deciding, like, how do we know if somebody's using a VPN? Is it, you know, it's legal, so we can't tell them no. But utilizing a VPN not only protects you, makes things a little bit more private for you. I use VPNs all the time, but at the same time, they're having trouble not allowing people with VPNs to use a platform because it is still legal. And I don't know about you guys, but VPNs are important to me. And I kind of want to get everybody's take on this story and how Binance could potentially you know, what are they supposed to do if people are using VPNs?
2: Yeah, VPNs were a big kind of chunk of that story. And just like you, Wendy, I think VPNs are really important for internet privacy, especially when you're working in the industry that we work in. But an interesting tidbit for me was one of the people quoted in the article said, VPN was never something that stopped me from identifying someone. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I read it was that yes, lawmakers are making a big deal out of people using VPNs and they're making it a sticking point. But people who work in the legal department at Binance are saying VPNs have never actually stopped us. We have ways of finding out who you are. Zach, I don't know if you have any more clarity. Is that also how you read it?
0: I read this story and was just enthralled. I was entertained. (laughs) Who knew that compliance guys could be so spicy? This story rules. This story is super fun. Everyone should read it. It's like them just gabbing about stuff. Credit to whoever made this story happen. Oliver, hats off to you, sir. Whatever sort of brokering took place behind the scenes, it's really fantastic to see this get out there. I think it's really interesting that these problems remain thorny, right? This is a pseudonymous by design system, crypto is. It's not supposed to map on to national territories and or regulations. And yet the apparatus and the effort that goes in to making sure that it can work in a compliant and regulated fashion is extensive and costs a lot, right? So I think what you see here is actually a little bit, a peek behind the curtain of what's going on in some of these big companies who are fighting to stay compliant within, you know, within the, the letter of the law so that they can keep going as a business because it's scary for these companies to get smacked down by regulators of the world over and face big ticket fines for not complying with the rules of the road. So this story, I think to me is like probably the spiciest compliance story you're ever going to read. So Joe, check it out. It's a really good interview. And yeah, there's some good stuff in there. But Wendy, I'm tossing it to you.
1: I think the last part of the article is probably the best because they talked about why does Binance have no physical headquarters? And they're basically like, we're not going to disclose where our main headquarters is. We don't have one. And I mean, that's kind of been the story with Binance for quite some time is do they have headquarters? Where is it? Why aren't they disclosing it? But at the same time, if they don't necessarily have to disclose it to do business in a lot of these countries, why should they? It keeps the team safe especially because people that work for Binance are kind of high profile. But I thought it was a very interesting end (laughs) to the story because it seemed that the people that were answering the questions from the Binance compliance team, like Zach said, they were just super chill. Like they're super candid, super chill. And I would like to see more people from high up positions in crypto have this type of demeanor.
2: Jen? I'm surprised that they were so candid and chill, especially since they had an issue with the Reuters article. Like it really felt like they were at their wits end And they just wanted someone to listen to them. And Coindesk was there to be that listening ear.
0: I remember talking about some of this stuff with some of these people. And they just wanted to correct the record. They wanted to be like, okay, what is happening here is these numbers are being conflated, right? There's direct transactions and there's indirect transactions. And we exist on permissionless networks. And there's only so much we can do, right? So I think to their credit, they wanted to sort of articulate further what wasn't being articulated elsewhere and in doing so they also had some some zingers some gems and some spicy names for journalists apparently that's in there it. that that you got to ask an editor for what the director's cut what were the spicy
2: names it just says spicy know. names we don't know <laughs> we don't
0: know we don't know all right that's it for the show today it's going to be back guys i, I can't i almost get caught up on everything that went back. down in july you got to give me the give me the rundown Wendy, were you no, going to say normal, something no, i saw you leaning it. in there come on
1: get it. yeah a lot of tacos we yeah? were, were eating and i had craft taquitos over the weekend too they were delicious
0: all right we're still looking for a sponsor for our taco segment so if anybody Where's wants taco to get Bell? in touch contact the business business team tacos at coindesk.com is the email on that one we got the alias set up we're ready to accept any and all offers of free tacos all right that's it for the show today Controls telling me to shut up i'm gonna do that i'm zach seward we got wendy O. we got Jen Sinassi. we are the hash we are coming back to you tomorrow same time same place listen watch wherever however we're just glad to be here thanks so much